Hey everybody, this is Bishop Brian Gallardo and you're listening to the LifeGate Church Podcast where we lift the name of Jesus and empower every listener. For more information, please go to lifegatekc.org or briangallardo.com. Luke chapter number 2, verse 41 through 52 says this, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, how old was he? Do we have any 12-year-olds in the room? If you're 12, raise your hand real quick. Stand up on the chair, actually. If you're 12, stand up on the chair so we can see you. If you're 12, stand up on the chair. I know we would never tell you the normal. If you're 12, come on. Come on, Jackson. Okay, 12 years old. Y'all see Y'all see the 12-year-olds in the room? Wave your hand. Come on, wave your hand. 12 years old, 12 years old. Okay, y'all see 12. So, so imagine, imagine Jackson, right? Imagine Jackson, 12 years old, right? Okay, so they attended this festival, verse 43. After the celebration was over, his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, his earthly dad, not his heavenly father, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't miss him at first. So here's a 12-year-old in a city all by himself. That's funny to me. Because they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for Jesus among the relatives and friends. When they couldn't find Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, after they finally discovered him in the temple, he was gone for three days in a city all by himself at 12 years old. What? Now, if you left Jackson down a Pleasant Hill for three days by himself, my question would be, where did he sleep? Where did Jackson eat? Did he wear the same stinky clothes every day? Because y'all know junior high kids, they have a fresh anointing, right? Fresh. They, they fresh. Just get on the bus on the way to camp. You will smell their fresh anointing. They fresh. We always have a box of deodorant on youth camp trips. Praise the Lord. Hey, but speaking of camp, we're only going like an hour and a half away to camp this year. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search there. Three days later, they found him sitting in the church amongst all the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said, the dialogue here, can you, this, okay, imagine Monshell and Jackson. Son, why did you do this to us? Jordan and I have been frantically searching for you everywhere for three days. But why did you need to search? Can you imagine, Jackson, why were you looking for me? Why were you searching for me? Man, I think that he might get Cousin Act right. This this right here is Cousin Act right, if you don't know. It's a... You don't want to look at Michelle Cross-Eyed if you're one of her children. I'm just saying. She believes in order. He said, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? So his priority was kingdom principle first. But watch verse 50. But they didn't understand what he meant. So verse 51. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and obeyed them. So he was submitted in his father's house, but he was also submitted in his natural house. So he believed in order in the kingdom, but he also believed in order in the natural. I'm about to help somebody today. Man, Lord, help me to help them. Verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom, Jesus grew in stature, and Jesus grew in favor with God and all the people. So you don't need stature, wisdom, and favor with just God. 
You can be full of the Holy Ghost, all prayed up, in love with Jesus, and miss out on life's opportunities because you don't have favor with man. In, in this life, to receive the right doors of connection for success, you need these things with God, and you also need these things with man. And today, I'm going to give you some principles that I live by that allow me to live under the perpetual fountain of favor continuously. It's going to help you. Amen? So, Father, do it today in Jesus' name, and the people of God said amen. Last week, I taught about the greatest door of connection you can ever have, and that's, that's your relationship with the Lord. Now, you can't have a relationship with the Lord if you don't honor the Lord, and that's what I talked about last week. I encourage you to download the podcast or to uh, watch that YouTube video on our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and comment below because it helps us get into the algorithm of YouTube and reach more people. Um, but today, I want to talk to you about a different door of connection. I want to talk to you about the doors of success, the doors of uh, that you can walk through of success and how to develop those doors of connection with other people. Because here's what you need to know today if you don't know. All relationships are currency. All relationships have value. That person sitting next to you could be your breakthrough. The person sitting in front of you that you've never talked to could be the answer to the problems that you're having in life. You can't get everything from God. Some things you have to get from man. But a lot of people are so overly spiritual, all they think they need to do is pray and fast and seek God, when really you should do that and be kind and nice and talk to other people. There's no such thing in the Bible as a recluse Christian. There's no such thing in the Bible of, well, that's not my personality to talk. If that's you, you will never walk in the favor of man, you'll just live in the favor of God. But to be successful and to walk through the doors of success in this world, in this life, you need the favor of God, but you also need the favor of man. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. So I want you to grow today. I want you to become successful. And here's what I know about growth and success. If you want to be great, you can't be great on your own. You have to go get around it. You, you just can't be great praying and asking to God to make you great. You have to go get around people who are great at what you want to do. If you want a successful marriage, stop running with Pookie in them and get around like brother and sister Carr who have a successful marriage. If you want to be a great wealth manager, don't, don't go get around, uh, you know, bro, brother, sister hustle, get around somebody who's successful at what you want to do and can call you on the carpet and to tell you where you're missing it. Come on. If you want to be great, you got to go get around greatness in the church said amen and amen. Many times people say they stay stuck. They stay stifled. They stay financially broke because of who they hang out with. Who you hang out with is what you'll become. Come on. Who you give your attention and time to is what you're going to start manifesting in your life. If you want to be wise, get around wise people. If you want to stay a fool, keep running with them fools. But I believe God is calling LifeGate into a brand new chapter of elevation and growth and doorways of success. And in order to activate those doorways, you got to apply practical things. Many times people don't get the job. They don't get the promotion. They don't start the business because their company is the company of fools. You will never walk through the right doors hanging with the wrong people. It just isn't going to happen. You are one person away from success. You are one person away from a successful marriage. You are one person away from breakthrough. You are one person away from poverty. And many times in the church, all we do is pray about it. We don't do it. But I want to encourage you today, by the end of this message, you're not just going to pray about it. You're going to change the way you think and go get around it. Can the church say amen? 
Now, how you handle people of success, this is very important, how you handle people of success will determine where you're going to go. Come on. Favor with God is not enough. You also need the favor of man. But there is a formula. Jesus gave us this formula in the Bible in Luke chapter number two. So here's Jesus. Every year they go to this festival called Passover that was remembering the time when the death angel passed by them by applying the blood and they were remembering what God did several thousand years prior with Moses coming out of Egypt as he led the children of Israel. At this particular time, Jesus was 12 years old and he was going with a caravan of a family of 10. There was 10 people in their family at least. We know of at least six siblings, possibly seven plus Jesus, two parents. That's 10 people plus family and friends. So like 50 to 100 people were, it'd be like us all going at, together on camels and horses and walking all the way to Blue Springs together. We, we might lose a straggler along the way if we're not paying attention. And so Jesus, Jesus was a straggler and he got left behind and and, and like some of y'all are going to get left behind when Jesus took back. He got left behind. And, 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 and his mama thought that, that, that Jesus was with his best, her best friend. Uh, she thought that, she, that he was hanging out with Maria. And, but, but he wasn't hanging out with Maria. He was, he was in the temple. He, 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 was, he was focusing on the father's business. And once they discovered he was gone, they went back to get him. And when they found him, the people were amazed and perplexed at his knowledge and his wisdom about kingdom things. And and when Mary found him, she says, Jesus, where were you? One translation, Jesus said, woman. Now, here's what I know about my mom. Let me rephrase that. Here's what I don't know about my grandma. My grandma's old school. If you say woman to my grandma, I, I'm 47. She'll give me a whooping. Let the church say amen. And Jesus answers with, uh, with an action. First off, he says, I must be in my father's house and I will return to you and obey you. When you submit to the natural and spiritual authority in your life, growth will come. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. When you submit yourself to the natural order of authority and to the spiritual order of authority in your life, you will grow. Everything in the Bible focuses and centers around order. God spoke into creation and it heard him and got into order. Do you know that the glory of God never could fall in the tabernacle when Moses built the tabernacle? If Moses would not have built that to the order that the the the, the gold had to be laid just right. The wood had to be a certain amount. The, the curtain had to be just so thick. It was the order and the decree of God. You will never ever grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man if you have rebellion tied up in your heart. You got to get an order in the natural world and you got to get an order in the kingdom world. You can't be out of order on your job and come to church and act in order here and expect God to bless you with favor. It will not flow to you. It has to encompass your entire life. Look at your neighbor and say, get in order. Okay. So the very next verse out of Jesus, out of, the, out of the mouth of the scripture is in verse 52. So Jesus grew, Jesus grew, Jesus grew. He grew, he grew. Do we got any growing people in the room? Amen. I don't want to grow this way. I want to grow this way. Um, and, and so, so Jesus grew. He grew in wisdom first, stature second, and favor third. So he grew with God and he grew with man. So because the word here grow is in the text, that tells me that if something is growing, it is living. 
Little Ray Lynn, I know she's in the in the building. Mother Carves got her. That's Pastor Janae and and uh, and and Duran's uh, daughter. And and she's not going to stay that size for very long. She's bigger now than she was when she was born, because she has life in her body. See, you will grow in favor if there's life in your wisdom and life in your stature. If you take the life out of your wisdom and you take the life out of your stature, you will not walk in favor because favor and wisdom and stature is a growing entity. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get right. What, what, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. If you're not feeding wisdom, if you're not feeding stature, you will die in favor. But if you will feed wisdom, if you will feed stature, you will grow and live in favor. It's progressive. This thing is layered. It's wisdom first, stature second, then you walk in favor. We got a lot of church people trying to walk in favor, but they don't want to learn nothing and they don't want to grow in their maturity level. You will never live in favor perpetually if you don't get grow in you and you don't get wisdom in you. Let the church say amen. Well, let's look at these three then. What is wisdom? Wisdom number one defined in the dictionary is learned practical life skills associated with understanding on living a successful life. Everyone say learned. You're not born with wisdom. Hello, church. You put a baby in a room and leave that baby there that's entire life. They don't learn nothing. Wisdom is learned. Some people are 60, 70, 80 years old and don't learn any wisdom. But wisdom is learned. Um, you are not born with it. You seek it. You have to seek wisdom. You're not born with it. So the Greek-English lexicon defines it this way. I love this, y'all. This is so good. Wisdom is a learned skill for your handiwork. Just like a carpenter gets mentored an apprenticeship under another carpenter, so wisdom comes to him and flows, so it operates that way in every area of your life, in marriage, in your relationships with money, and the way that you handle your body, healthy or not healthy, come on, you have to seek the wisdom of man and seek the wisdom of God for all things hard in life. Solomon, in the book of Proverbs, was talking to a natural son. That's not a spirit that's not a, a, a hyper spiritual tongue. You don't need to talk in tongues to understand the book of Proverbs. It applies your brain, your intuition up here to be able to shift things in your life to walk in the favor of God. It's learned behavior. It means skilled in common with life skills. The, the lexicon said that wisdom is sound judgment. I know a lot of church people, they, they can sure speak in tongues when they got no sound judgment. It, it means taught intelligence, practice. Practical wisdom to be learned in a thing, to live by trained systems, trained, trained systems. Now, here's what I know up in Independence, Missouri. People don't want to be trained. Ain't going to tell me. I'm my own person. I'm going to do what I want to do. Come on in here. We, we up in Independence, right? But if you want to walk in favor, you got to lose that attitude. Because that's the opposite of wisdom. As a matter of fact, I looked up the word uh, in the Greek lexicon. Jeremy, this is so funny. The very next word in the, in the Greek lexicon uh, definition is, is the word that means stupid. So the writer in the Greek lexicon dictionary goes from wisdom to stupid. Because the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. Come on. And 
I've learned that you can learn what wisdom isn't by learning what foolishness is. Because we're all a lot better at being foolish than we are about being wise. Look at me and say amen for just a minute. So what is foolish behavior? Well, this is important because many people will never walk in the crazy favor of God and the crazy favor of man because they're too busy being fools. What is wisdom? It is understanding. It's the availability to be trained and taught and led. Proverbs 14 says it this way. Escape quickly from the company of fools. Well, I'm trying to help them. Well, you're a fool too. Hello. If their reputation is foolish, run. All you are is throwing gas on the fire. That's all you're doing. Escape from the company of a fool. They are a waste of your time and a waste of your words. We're supposed to love everybody. Love ain't got nothing to do with that. What's love got to do with it? Nothing. Come on. The wisdom of the wise will keep your life on track, and the foolishness of fools is going to put you in a ditch. Some of you wonder why you just keep sliding down on the ditch. It's because you're hanging out with fools. They are not trying to get you out the ditch. They're trying to put you right back in the ditch. If you want to be on the track here, if you want to keep on the track to success, the track to favor, the track to growth, the track to wisdom, you got to let some people loose out of your life. Because the wrong person will curse you. The right person will bless you. And hell knows the difference. Hell knows what makes you tick. Hell knows what it can do to get you distracted and thrown off course. You better be careful who you're running with in life. Hello. I like this next sentence. The stupid ridicule, wrong and right, but a moral life which comes from seeking and gaining wisdom, is a favored life. If you want a favored life, get away from stupid, foolish people. Well, you shouldn't call people stupid. You're a fool for saying that comment because I'm quoting the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. So I encourage you. There are seven months this year total. There's six months left where there are 31 days in the month. I encourage you to take the book of Proverbs and read one proverb a day for those 31 days. That starts March 1st. There's 31 days in March. Me and a company of men did it the first uh, month, which was January. And I want all those men in the church that can hear me now. Christopher, you are one of them. I want you to find some, another guy to do that with, okay? So me and you aren't going to read it together. You're going to find somebody else, and you're going to read it through together and share your thoughts throughout the day through text on what God spoke to you through reading the book of Proverbs. Isn't that good? So, so I want our church, listen, this is the year of the open door, but to get through the open door, you got to have some wisdom. Yeah. It takes more than a shout and speaking in tongues and dipping you in the oil pan, looking like you've been, you know, playing a Jiffy Lube or something. It takes more than all that. Amen. I know some broke, busted down, poor, friendless, hateful, mean, tongue-talking Christians. Come on, somebody. Some of you might be in this room. I'll just look up here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, 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 you know, there takes more to become successful in life than speaking in tongues and falling on the floor and flopping around like a fish out of water. It takes way more to be successful. Proverbs 1 through 31. Here's what I pulled about out of the whole book of Proverbs about fools. I got two pages of it, so I'm going to read through it. If we got to finish this part next week, I already have my notes done. Praise the Lord. Fools hate knowledge. I don't need to know that. 
Here, read this book. I don't like to read. You're a fool. Hey, I want you to listen to this. I don't want to listen to that. Okay, fool. I pity the fool. I pity you. Fools stay complacent. You know, a fool talks about everything that's bad, but they don't do anything to make it good. Fool. I just don't like to be this way. What are you doing about it? Nothing, fool. I'm just bored in life. I just don't know what my purpose is. I work nine to five and I go to church on Sunday and that's all I do, Reverend. Why don't you go change the world? Go serve down here at the mission. Why don't don't you go do something that makes your life feel valuable? Come on. Why don't you walk across the front yard uh of of your neighborhood and introduce yourself to your neighbors and tell them about Jesus? Oh, I see you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your two claps. Fools spread slander about other people. If somebody comes to you with slander, they're a fool. And if you listen, you a fool too. <laughs> what if it's true? I heard somebody said, it's true. well, it's not, it's not slander if it's true. You're a fool by your own admission. Tweet that. I'm sorry, X that. Fools lack common sense. They show their annoyance to everyone. Here's what it looks like. Is he wearing a purple suit? It's all over his shirt. I'm not praising this church. I'm just going to sit here like a frog on a log. I'm not joining in with everybody. You're a fool. (laughs) Fools turn to evil. Fools lash out. I, 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 don't, I don't get around people that lash out at people. Will you? Will you? Will you? And you're a fool. <laughs> Fools uh, mock who, uh, those who try to make amends with people. You're going to try to talk to them and say sorry? They, they ought to be saying sorry to you. Okay, fool. Because it's the nature of God to be merciful and gracious and to forgive. Come on. You'll never have favor if you don't apply wisdom. Fools are hot-headed. I'm not talking about my wife. My wife is hot, but she's not a hothead, right? Some people, you can't have any dialogue with them because they like live in chaos and drama. They're always chewing somebody out. They, they, when they come in the room, you just feel uneasy in your spirit. You know, you're like, they make you kind of sick because you don't know what face you're going to get when they walk in the room. Oh, this one's a doozy. Fools reject a parent's and spiritual parent's discipline while at the same time making the parent feel bad about doing it. Fool. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction, get that foolishness out. 
You can tell a fool is a fool based off how they handle correction and discipline. I don't want to do that. He's just picking on me. No, you just rejected me. No, correction and rejection are not the same thing. We correct because we see what's dangerous around you and we want to help you get back on the right path so you can walk in wisdom, so you can walk in stature, and so you can walk in favor. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a fool because we pity the fool. Okay, got to hurry. Fools find no pleasure in understanding. They want to do it their way. They're fast to quarrel. They're always immediately jumping up to fight, to argue, to, to, to resist, to buck up. They're like a donkey eat on and kicking back at you all the time. They, they want to quarrel. They reap. Oh, Lord Jesus, I can't say this next one. A fool repeats their folly. It's Proverbs 1 through 31, the whole, the whole, the whole book. Yes. Can I say that, Jesus? Yes. Okay, I'll say it anyway. Okay, he says yes. You may say no. If you have been in 12 institutions in six years, 15 jobs in eight years, you've been planted in 12 churches in a decade and been married 10 times with kids everywhere, the problem ain't everybody else. You're a fool. saying we're listen we are not anti you because you may have been married 10 times that's not what i'm saying i'm just trying to tell you that there's a difference between order and chaos there is a difference between foolishness and wisdom and you're never going to walk in the favor of god in the favor of man if you can't get yourself in order like jesus got himself in order he grew in wisdom because he was submitted in god's house but he was submitted in his house if you if you want to go through the doorways of favor and blessing and success in abundance, you got to get some wisdom. Help me and say amen. amen. Oh, here's another one. Fools make hasty, dangerous, life-altering decisions without first counseling, consoling their leaders. Never satisfied, fools. One, one, verse, one verse said, a fool is a stupid person. I don't want to be a stupid person. Some of you say, were you stupid for saying all this? I'm trying to help you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. So, are you growing today in wisdom? Or are you growing today in foolishness? Favor can't come until you grow in wisdom. Wisdom won't come if you're rejecting the wise counsel. Hello. And you shouldn't get wise counsel. Let me just put this out there to help you because there's so many online coaches that you can buy into. It's a multi-level marketing scheme. They'll mentor you if you're giving them money. Never ask your pastor what he thinks about it. But you want to ask a guy that doesn't know anything about you. Doesn't know how messed up your family's been, your life's been, your track record, and you're going to go to them for advice? So to help you, look at your neighbor and say, ooh, cutting the grass low today. Favor can't come until you grow in stature. You cannot grow in stature until you grow in wisdom. Well, what is stature? I'm so glad that you asked today. You're such an audience participatory church. The Greek English lexicon, is this okay today? I'm not, I feel like I'm in the living room having a conversation with you. Is that okay? I haven't even taken off my jacket. I'm not even sweating yet, Nick. 
What's wrong with me today? I don't know. I'm trying to help you. Because this doesn't change your mind. Teaching changes your mind. And I want to change your mind today. Because if we can change that in time, your life will change. Amen. Just say thank you. We hear you, Bishop. Thank you. Okay. What is stature? It's the Greek English lexicon says this. Stature is years, age, advancement in emotion, manhood, womanhood, prime of life, and maturity. Praise the Lord. Somebody's, somebody's helping me out with YouTube today or something. I don't know. Maturity is defined as this, to mature to a marriageable place. <laughs> to mature to a marriageable place. Age ain't got nothing to do with being ready to be married or not. You can be 19 like my wife was and be ready to be married. I met 65, 70-year-old people. They should never be married because they're so immature. They get mad at you for asking them to park somewhere else in the parking lot, let alone living with somebody. Talking about, I want the favor of the Lord. You can't even get favor in the parking lot. Favor will not flow until their stature, maturity. You got to grow up. We live in a, we live in American culture. We are so, listen, I'm just going, I love y'all. We love, I love America. It's great. It's the greatest nation in the world. Just, I'll take you to India. Not, no, I won't. You should go by yourself to India sometime and check it out. Go to Guatemala sometime and check it out. Go to the city of Mexico City sometime and check it out. Go to Juarez and check it out. You don't think this is the greatest nation in the world? You'll come back kissing the ground you walk on. Great, great nation. But we live in a culture that has a problem growing up. Come on. We want to be 60 and still act like thugs. We want to be 40 and show up to the job interview with a gold-plated cr- grill in our mouth. Talking about, let me get that job, doll. You're not going to get the job. Grow up. Take it out your mouth. Talk right. Brush your teeth. You know what I'm saying is true. Zero wisdom produces zero maturity. Zero maturity produces zero favor. If you want favor, you got to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Okay, I'm going to help some of y'all today. If you're, if you're single in the room, make some noise. If you don't grow up, you ain't ever getting married. I mean, you can't save a dollar. Talking about you want to get married. If you can't save a dollar, you are not mature enough to obtain favor for a spouse. (laughs) If your house is a mess 24-7, ain't no woman going to want to marry you. Lady should have said something right there. If you don't take, listen, you are not 13 years old no more. You're 30 years old. You can't live off of fruity pebbles and lollipops. Talking about, I want a man with a six-pack ab. Honey, you ain't never been to a gym in your life. Grow up. Trying to help you. No discipline. I want a man. No job. I want a girl. 
car, your car's 10,000 miles past the oil change talking about, God, give me favor for a new car. You ain't getting a new car until you take care of what you got. Nothing worse than a man who won't work and a smelly woman. What? Talking about, I want to get married. Stop being lazy. Put some perfume on, ladies. Smell good. Do your hair. Take care of yourself. Iron your clothes. Brush your hair. Brush your teeth. It never hurt to put some makeup on. Come on in here. I just want them to smell good, Bishop, but you stink. I want them to be rich. I want them to be, I'm, I'm believing God for my, my man or my woman to have lots and lots and lots of money, but you, you can't save $2. You can't manage your money. You can't manage your mind. You can't manage your future. You can't manage your present. You don't know if you're coming, you're going. Take the drawers off the floor, put them in. Listen, put your clothes in the clothing basket. Come on in here. Fold your clothes. Vacuum your floor. Make your bed. Shine your shoes. Come on in here. You're going to attract what you're putting out. Single people tell me all the time, all I can do is attract these knuckleheads. Well, if you will stop being a knucklehead, you'll stop attracting knuckleheads. Talking about, I want a man who's full of the Holy Ghost. All pray- you ain't been to a prayer meeting in two years. Talking about, I want a man of God. You don't go to church. A man of God doesn't want somebody who can't pray, doesn't serve in the house. We want women of God who are solid in their faith. Brother Duran started coming to the church. He saw Pastor Janae. He goes, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Pastor Janae, I heard it. I heard I was so tired of hearing it. She was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Look at that brown sugar back there. Jesus. I'm just so distracted. I'm trying to pray, but I can't look. I mean, look. She's like, look, bro. Because she's my sister. Look, bro. I said, I'm not looking. You know, yes, he's very handsome. Praise God. Comes from a good family. Why don't y'all get married? That's why they got a kid now. Praise the Lord. Some people are too foolish to get a top-notch spouse. Look in the mirror. You will attract who you are. Come on. Well, I've been single because my standard's so high. I've been single for 40 years. You should probably come down a little bit. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, well... A real man wants a woman, a grown woman. A real woman wants a grown man. Listen, guys, she doesn't want a man who lives in the basement at his mom and daddy's house who plays Xbox till 3 o'clock in the morning with no job. I'm just trying to help you ladies out. I know the Bible's right. Let's talk about church wisdom and stature. Let's talk about maturity at church. I want favor at church. Bishop, I want a microphone to preach. I'm always scared when the first thing on a new member's mouth or new guest's mouth is, oh, Lord Jesus. When the first thing out of new member's mouth is, I can preach. I'm like, can you mop? Can you serve? 
Are you nice? Let's just get that on the table. Are you nice to people? Are you moody? Are you overly, I cannot stand overly sensitive. They're not, they won't be around my table. If I got to be careful, every little word I say, I can, I love you. See you on Sunday. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. But I can preach. I don't care. You need to preach to yourself. Are you treating authority common? Are you rude? No, but I can preach. Well, that's good. You can preach. Preach to the stuffed animals at your house. You ain't preaching here to these precious people. Thank, you should say thank you. Well, you know, first lady didn't invite me around the table. It's because we don't know which face we're going to get when you show up in the room. There's a reason why people don't get invited in rooms and around tables. Look at your neighbor and say, ouch. I want to be invited, but I over talk. I, I, see, I see young people, come, hey, come eat with us. Okay. And we'll have a guest minister. They want to sit right next to the guest minister. Well, the book of Proverbs said you should find yourself at the bottom of the table and be invited up rather to look like a fool and be told in front of everybody, go sit down there. Wisdom, maturity. Can you handle greatness? How do you handle secrets? Because see, when pastors and preachers come here, I have, I have a bishop rank on my life. I've had it for years. Just never been recognized until recently. And we'll get around the table and we'll start talking and those leaders will start just pouring their hearts out about the hell that they're going through. Can you handle the room of greatness and be able to let that conversation stay at the table? Or do you take that conversation and go tell everybody on Facebook? There's a reason why certain people never get to go in rooms. Do you do that on your job? Do you tell your job boss, hey boss, I'm here for whatever, but then you go out and you talk about him to everybody else about how harsh she is and, and he should be paying me more and he must be squandering all the money for himself? Wisdom produces maturity maturity produces favor look at your neighbor say favor i gotta hurry let's talk about marriage look at your neighbor say let's talk about marriage husbands do you want favor with your wife three of you want husbands you want favor with your wife tonight at nine o'clock y'all want some favor with your wife how you treating her right now did you yell at her on the way to church? Was you disrespectful to her in front of the kids? Are you always flirting with other women and dishonoring her? Are you inboxing women you shouldn't be inboxing? Come on in here. Are you in private text and then try to hide your phone? How are you in favor with your wife? Why don't you first grow up, husbands? She's not your mama. She's not your maid. She's not your sex toy. Come on in here. She's your wife. And the Bible said in Proverbs 18, he who finds a wife finds favor from the Lord. Why would you take the gift God has given you called favor, dishonor it and disrespect it and expect God to give you more favor? All right, all right, all right. I got to help the guys out. Guys, listen. How, ma how many of y'all want favor? From, how, ladies, how many of y'all want some favor from your husbands? You're like, yeah, I've been trying to get him to hang that picture for five months. How many of y'all want some favor? 
Your husband doesn't want you having a prayer meeting at 8 o'clock at night. I'm going to teach you ladies how to get some favor. He wants you laying hands, but not in a prayerful sense. You shouldn't talk about that in church. And that's why you're not in the room. Praise the Lord. Stop using sex as a weapon, ladies. Talking about, I'll give you all this if you get me all that. You, you buy me that petty manny, get them lashes on for me. I'm going to give you all this. That's called manipulation. It's called witchcraft. He gets all this because all this don't belong to you. The Bible said the, the body is for the man and the man's body for the woman. You belong to each other. You already have each other. All the men are being really quiet because I know I just parked in your front Lord yard, yard, praise the Lord. See, so many married people, they blame the problem on the devil. Well, the devil just been fighting our marriage. All night long, we've just been in a season, of war, a season of warfare. I've been in a season of warfare in my marriage. No, you've been in a season of foolishness. Because you won't seek wisdom how to make your marriage better from another couple who is successful at... Don't be going to divorce people who have never been married longer than a year to ask them how to stay married. You've been married 15 years. Go to a brother or sister car. Go to elders, those who have been married. Go to us who have been married 20 years. Somebody who's got something up under their belt of success and say, how are y'all doing it? Don't blame that on the devil. Blame that on the lack of wisdom. And 90% of the time, it's because we won't grow up. No wisdom, no maturity, no favor. The word favor, according to the Greek-English lexicon, I'm almost done with this point, is granted favors with nothing expected in return. Granted favors. Can you do me a solid favor? Sure. I don't want nothing in return, though. Kindness, benevolence, Free, generous blessing just because, and goodwill that moves magnetically in your direction. See, favor's free. So we say, favor ain't fair. Well, unless you got it, <laughs> and they don't, you know. But favor's free. Favor is supernatural, spontaneous advancement for your good. It means you get selected. Your application goes to the top. They ask you to do it. You get you get sudden access to the relationship and to special places. It's the availability to get into a room or to be invited around the table. Now, there are two factors when it comes to favor. First, it's a natural factor with man. Second, it's a supernatural favor with God. God can get you in the room, but you got to have the right thing about you to be able to stay in the room. People always tell me, I don't know what it is about you. I just like you around me. I'm talking people of greatness. I got a phone call this week from, from a national leader. Hey, we don't know you, but we want to invite you to this room that we're going to have available at such and such a time. And all fees will be waived in, on, on your behalf. There's just something about you. We see you. We watch you. There's something about you that we find interesting, and we want you in the room. Now, I couldn't make it this time, so I said, unfortunately, I can't because I have another prior meeting, and my word is my bond, and I have to, have to be in that meeting. And they said, well, we'll make sure we make space for you in the next one. But this is a national recognized leader. How, how do I get in those rooms? Because I know how to conduct myself once I'm there. And, and, and you say, well, well I'm just going to be my own self. I'm going to be my own man. That doesn't work. You're going to stay stuck being your own person. It's quiet in here, but it's all right. 
Acts chapter number two, verse 47 says that continual praise, a thankful spirit helps you to obtain favor. Luke chapter one says, obeying God in a hard place. Mary was highly favored. You know why she was highly favored? Because she told God yes in the midst of her really wanting to say no. When you tell God yes in a hard place, favor will flow your way. Luke chapter number two, when Jesus was growing, he was growing in wisdom and he was growing in favor. He, he grew up, he grew up in, in wisdom and stature. You will never, ever, ever see God or somebody a success give somebody something that they won't know how to have the maturity to handle it when they get it. You will never be given something great if your maturity won't allow you to keep it. We would never hand little Ray Lynn a loaded uh, firearm. She's a child. She's a baby. She don't have the wisdom. She don't have the capacity to understand what she's going to hurt people. And a lot of times in her life, promotion doesn't come because if we get that promotion, we don't have the maturity to keep it. We don't have the maturity, to, and so we'll lose it. I've seen people 80 years old never walk in the favor of God. Love Jesus, speak in tongues, but that's not enough. It's a system you have to apply to your life. Genesis 39, favor flowed to Joseph because he was a selfless servant. And because he was a person of character and integrity. You want favor? Be a person of your word. Amen, church. Amen. You want favor? Don't show up late. You want favor? If you tell them you're going to be somewhere, be there. If you tell them that you're going to do something, do it. Come on, church, and say amen. If you tell your children you're going to be at the game, don't miss the game. If, if you say you're going to give your employees a raise, don't forget. If your boss isn't there, don't cheat him. If, you're, if you have taxes to pay, pay them. Pay the debt that you borrowed. Well, I'm just believing God for my debt to be removed. No, that would be called stealing and God doesn't bless a thief. Y'all are quiet in our entitled culture, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Favor will not flow if you have no desire to develop these social skills. You can pray for favor. It won't come without wisdom and maturity. Amen. Well, pastor, it's just my personality to be weird. You're going to be all by yourself being weird. It's my personality to be negative focused and a downer in the room and to not be able to look people in the eye and carry a conversation. Those are all things you learn. But you can unlearn them. When I walk into a room, I give people eye contact. As hard as it is at sometimes, because there's a circus going on up here. I shake their hand. I look them in the eye. I say, good to see you today. I, I don't do this. Why would they pick somebody like that? You got to own the room. You got to dress for success. Come on in here. You want the job? Dress like you want it. Come on. Don't look like you just rolled out of bed. Iron, you know how to iron your clothes? I don't know how to iron my clothes. You can learn how to do anything on YouTube. You are without excuse. It'll teach you how to shave your head, iron your shirt. I iron my clothes. My wife does not iron my clothes. She's not my mama or my maid. I iron my own clothes. It teaches you how to cook food, how to speak as a professional, how to conduct yourself, proper body language. I'm talking, this, y'all act like you're sleeping or something, or I'm boring you. I'm trying to get you in the room. And to stay in the room. 
to use sense and wisdom. Because promotion doesn't come out of foolishness. It comes with wisdom. You want to be promoted, use some wisdom. Act your age, not how old you feel. We have to grow up and use wisdom so we can walk through the doorway of crazy favor. Look at your neighbor say crazy favor. No wisdom, no maturity, no favor. Man, I got so many notes here. I just got to quit because, because I suppose you're tired and done. You will never obtain favor with man if you are immature with the way you handle people. If you elevate your passion to 29 just because somebody does something you don't like, you will live in foolishness the rest of your life. You will never obtain favor with a critical spirit, with a judgmental attitude. Somebody put on our Google thing the other day, this church is a cult. I think this church, LifeGate's a cult. I said, why don't you just sit down and have a conversation with us? You're just misunderstanding something in this independent city. Praise God. You will never obtain favor with man if you prefer your race and prejudge the opposite one. Well, that's just how white people are. That's just how black people are. That's how Latinos are. No, that's how you are. And you're prejudging and being critical. Maybe you shouldn't be so ignorant and learn from others. I can't say that. Praise God. It's too much for you. Okay. Very quickly. I I got three minutes. I just want you to have this because this is what, this changed my life. You you can ask, uh, Jordan even told you last week. I mean, I know he's, it's not just church world for me. I can walk into a room. People give me stuff. It's crazy. Jeremy's the same way. It's it's crazy. I was walking through. Hey, I like you. I know the Lord's just got something on my life. I want to give you something. Well, go ahead and give it to me. I'll probably give it to somebody else. If you're giving it to me because I can't give it away, don't give it to me. Because everything I have is givable if the Lord leads me to give it. Everything. Well, the bishop ought to give me something. Well, he ain't told me to yet. This is what kills favor in your life. You ready? Arrogance. You're a servant first. I've been to City Hall prayed with the mayor. I've been to the White House of the United States and prayed with the vice president of the United States. How? Through humility and servitude. I hold the door open for people that I don't know every day, all day. I keep my eyes open for an opportunity to serve others. Not just at church. This is my life. It's my life. Here's another one. Entitlement will kill favor. You do not, we don't deserve anything. We don't. None of us deserve anything except for the goodness of God. That he's bestowed. We don't even deserve that, but he's given it to us. What kills favor? Arrogance, entitlement. This is like four series. I'm sorry, it's like five messages today, but I got to get through it. Arrogance, entitlement. Here's another one. An unteachable spirit. I got two more that kill favor. You ready? Well, actually a list, but I'll give you two more. Here's another one. Dishonor and disrespect. That's under one bracket. How do you honor other people? How do you respect others? From your in-laws, to your spouse, to your boss, to people that don't believe like you? Are you honorable toward them? 
How do you act at the DMV when the lady's lost her mind behind the counter? If you want to truly test your salvation, go to the DMV. I hate the DMV. I'd rather go to the dentist and let them drill on my teeth and sit at the DMV. I hate the DMV. I never have the right paperwork. Like, you've missed this. I'm like, oh, where's the list? You, I'm a list guy. You didn't give me a list. Property tax, receipts. That's a scam right there. Praise the Lord. I already pay real estate tax. Why do I got to pay it again? Anyway. All right, here's another one. Here's a favorite killer. Oh, this is so good here. Saying out loud what you could, should keep to yourself. Now, this would help, help a lot of you marriage people out. Come on, church. Just be quiet. You don't need to say everything you think. And your face don't need to say it neither. And your face don't need to say it either. Okay, I'll give you some more just since you asked. Okay. Tone kills favor. Smirks kill favor. I don't, I don't jab with our people. I don't do that. I'm not sarcastically jabby with you. That's not my relationship. I'm your, I'm your leader. I'm the bishop of this house. I'm a bishop in the Lord's church. Come on in here. I'm not your homeboy. We, we ain't called to be solical buddies. I'm called to spiritually give you what God said to give. So we, I don't sarcastically jab with our people, and I tell our leaders not to do that either because it kills favor. Questioning authority. Smacking your gums when you disagree. Olivia, are you allowed to smack your gums when you don't agree in our house? Oh, Lord. If you want to grow in favor, you got to get wisdom. That's where it starts. If you want to grow in favor, you got to grow up. Now, I'm going to leave you with one last thought, and then we're going to pray. Never seek after favor. Don't seek it. Don't seek, don't seek favor. Oh, I'm just trying to get favor with man and favor with God. That's not what you should seek. Seek wisdom. Seek maturity. And then favor flows. Don't seek favor. You'll get a weird thing on your life if you do that. You walk in favor. You seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek to grow. Favor will flow. That's the equation. Never seek favor. Seek wisdom. Seek maturity. And then the favor will flow. So LifeGate Church is getting ready to embark on a brand new journey. We're flipping a page. We're going to take the first row out and the chairs off of the sides and one row out of the back, and we're going to two services because we're going to accommodate the growth. We need to reach more people. Wisdom would tell you to be on board, and maturity would smack their gums about that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Don't expect to obtain favor <laughs> with the wrong, see what I'm saying, the wrong tone. Tone and pitch mean everything. Seek wisdom, seek maturity, let favor flow. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. I preached 12 minutes over. I don't apologize because I want to get you somewhere. How are you doing, Pastor Janae? All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. 
I thank you that you're so concerned about us having wisdom that you wrote an entire book about it. And Lord, I pray that as we flip the next page of ministry, that you would help us to grow in maturity and that you would help us to seek wisdom. Relationships, seek wisdom. In our marriages, seek wisdom. In our money, seek wisdom. With our health, seek wisdom. On how we treat people, that we would seek wisdom. Let wisdom be the thing we're chasing, the thing we're running after, the thing we're looking for. How can I handle this situation with wisdom? Lord, I pray that you open up doors for mentorship the right way, the kingdom way, the godly way. And that you would do great things with it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the people said amen and amen.